Okay, so today um, our guest is Alan Palmer, uh, the author of Talk Lean, um, a senior partner at Interactors UK um, and an expert in helping people make their conversations and meetings more productive. Um, thank you so much for being with us, Alan. It's a pleasure. Um, okay, so just to start off with, uh, can we just get a little bit of background about yourself um, and just, is that all right? Uh, sure. Actually, most most of my background, um, I spent most of my career working in advertising agencies in uh, in London and Paris, uh, in which capacity I I had lots of meetings. I was probably uh, pretty useless at them. Um, I I could certainly have been better at them. Um, but but I I kind of changed career about about fifteen years ago and and started um, running running seminars in this area. And I I can I can I can tell you how how I made that change. Yeah, if you like do. Me to. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, please do. So, well, I was um, I, I was lucky enough about fifteen years ago to uh, to meet a man in Paris who who kind of made the the study of meetings and conversations his 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 life's work. I think at, at an early age he became frustrated by the fact that most meetings were insufficiently productive, uh, both in terms of results and in terms of relationships, and you know rather than just Considering that was too bad and uh, and regretting it, um, he instead decided to do something about it, and he 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 kind of set off on a program to meticulously observe and analyze in his own meetings what were the behaviours which helped produce concrete results quickly and with a positive impact on relationships, and what were the verbal behaviours that got in the way of that, and he he kind of. Um, he observed a certain number of constants in the behavior of people who 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 did get results quickly and and whilst enhancing relationships, and he s- distilled all those down into a very simple set of tools and principles and set up a team, set up a, a company to kind of help people uh, apply those to their own meetings and you know have have a much more productive time. And he, he set that up about 30 years ago, and I joined him about halfway through that journey. And is that company Interactives? That, that company is Interactive, yeah. Okay, and how, how, how big is Interactives now? Uh, we're probably about um, 80 trainers. Uh, we train in, um, in 13 different languages around the world. We, we have oh. offices in about 10 countries. Um, so yeah, we're we're pretty international, and and obviously that helps us work with a lot of international clients for whom we can deliver in the in the local languages of their employees. Amazing, and and so the results you've been achieving are quite evident. Um, well, they're 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 certainly to our evident to our clients because they keep on coming back. Uh, okay, we <laughs> we have you know we we have we have many clients for whom we've worked for over twenty years. And I, uh, I, I, I doubt they'd be coming back if uh, if they weren't satisfied <laughs> with the results. Absolutely. Um, so, so your book is called um, it's called Talk Lean, um, and like lean is a a very it's a, it's a big concept in manufacturing. Um, why 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 the title of Talk Lean, and, and and what's the relationship between like lean manufacturing and and what we're talking about here in in meetings? Well, I'll I'll. Um... I'll give it its full title because uh, yeah, of course. Because because one of the problems with the book is is the title "Talk Lean" does suggest sometimes that it's about lean manufacturing. It's the the subtitle is "Shorter Meetings, Quicker Results, Better Relations," and and I hope it does what it says on the tin. 
the, the, the reason for the choice of the title, I guess it, it came from conversations I'd had with our company founder, Philippe, who, uh, who, who, who spoke to me about the, the process he'd applied to, to develop the approach. And, and it was, you know, very close to what the Japanese, Japanese engineers who developed, um, you know, the, the lean, lean yeah. um, uh, processes, the, the, the very similar to the process to, to what they'd done, um, in that, in that they had observed meticulously, you know, production processes and identified where there was wastage, how they could reduce that wastage, how they could produce more from less. Um, and and how they could ensure there was continuous improvement, and that's very much what my what my colleague Philippe de la Poyade, who who founded the company, did, but but with meetings, um, and and I think the the approach he developed for meetings does the same. It it helps people to reduce wastage, to produce more results in less time and with less energy, and to ensure you know continuous improvement both in the production of results and in the uh, development of relationships. Okay, great. Um, before we dive into it, what just why why do you think so many companies have problems, or so many companies would say that they have unproductive meetings? Why do you think um, it is such a big problem and such a common problem? Um, I think I think there are there are a number of reasons, and. We'll, we'll, we'll get into these when we talk a bit more about content, but among the primary reasons are a failure properly to identify the goals of meetings. So I think very often the goal that is set for a meeting talks more about process than about result. So you kind of go into a meeting without, without knowing what your destination is. And if you don't know what the destination is, it's impossible to know when you've arrived at your destination. And therefore you keep on talking. Um, and I, I think there are there are other things such as you know pe- people's belief that um, that arguments are all important in meetings, and they prepare their arguments in support of a position, and they're determined to get those arguments out. Uh, and and actually, you know, you don't necessarily need to get all of your arguments out. You can uh, you can very often produce results only with one or two, or, or, or even sometimes with none. Uh, people talk too much. Um, one of the reasons they talk too much is because they are frightened of silence. And rather than taking the risk of there being a silence, they keep on talking, very often re-saying what they've already said yeah. in a different way. And I think w- one of the ways of getting over that is to remember that um, what you've said will only ever produce something when you ask the other person to respond to it. Um, other, otherwise, it will have produced nothing. And also, by asking the other person to respond to it, you ensure that you're having a, a dialogue rather than what often happens, which is a series of, of monologues. Um, a, 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 another problem is that um, people don't listen properly. Uh, they think they're listening. They, uh, they even pretend to themselves that they are listening. They genuinely think they're listening. But... What happens is either um, the only thing they retain from what's been said to them is the thing that's had the most emotional impact on, on them, and so they respond to that, or they're using the time when the other person is speaking to think about their response, and so they, they haven't listened properly. And 
you know, th- th- their their response therefore goes something along the lines of, "I hear what you're saying, but," and then the the conversation goes off at a complete tangent, which has nothing to do with what's been said. Okay, yeah, I have to admit, I I think I fall into that trap sometimes where I think about what I'm going to say before I, the actual person's finished speaking, in which case the last part they've said is almost irrelevant because you've already made up your mind of what you want to say. Um, yep. So how do you think is the best way to start in terms of actually improving your meetings? Um, well, what what we work with people on, there are kind of two aspects. We First of all, we work with people on changing the process they apply to meetings. And that means the way the way they prepare meetings, um, the way they the way they think about their goals for meetings, and and the way they start meetings. Um, also, also within process, the, the way the way they listen, um, which essentially involves taking notes. So if you don't take notes, you will miss most of what's been said. Um, but beyond process, we also work on changing people's reflexes um, in the way that they in the way that they listen and respond um, so we 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 give people a, a certain number of you know tools and principles which allow them to to listen more effectively but but also to respond in a way that will always help the meeting to advance so things will become clearer the the unsaid stuff will become said the ambiguities will be uh, will be will be resolved uh, i think in in uh, in any meeting uh, there is always unsaid stuff that's polluting the meeting and until stuff has been said then it it can't be dealt with so we we give people tools that allow them to say things that previously they may have felt unsayable um, we 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 help them to to say those things in a way that's comfortable for them to say and comfortable for the other person to hear. And we also give them tools that enable, uh, encourage and enable the other people in the meeting to, to say what, you know, what they really think and how they really feel as well. So it just, it kind of oils the wheels of, of the, um, of the meeting so that, so that both you and the people you're, you're talking to are being much clearer, much more direct, much more open about what you want, how you feel, what you think, etc. Okay, I feel like that's a that's quite a good synopsis. So let's I think like let's get into some of the details about about the content. Like what what so what how how do we start our meetings? Um how do you start them at the moment or how should you start them? How should we start think, them? How should we I start think, our meetings? Well, I think I think at the moment that you know anybody starting a meeting uh, one of the difficulties is they've probably got potentially 500 ways of starting that meeting, and it's it's quite difficult to uh, to kind of hone down and decide how you should start the meeting. Um, going 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 back to the to to lean manufacturing, I think there's a very close relationship between a manufacturing process and a meeting. A meeting exists to manufacture a finished product. Yeah. If, if it doesn't manufacture a, minute, a finished product, then then why are you having the meeting? And just with a as with a production line, if you haven't defined the parameters of the finished product at the beginning of the production line, it's going to be an absolute miracle if what you wanted to produce drops off the uh, the end of the line onto your pallet. Um, by the same token, if you don't define the goal of your meeting 
uh, right at the beginning, it's kind of pretty unlikely that you're going to produce uh, what you want. So a meeting should always start with a clear definition of what the goal of the meeting is. And and we have a um, we have a very specific way of um, encouraging people to think about their meeting goals. Because far, far too many meeting goals, I think I said earlier, confuse process with results or confuse um, you know business goals with meeting goals. A, a business goal may be something that happens next week, next month, uh, etc. And you can and you can measure it then. But a meeting goal has to be something you can measure at the end of the meeting. Um, so the way we encourage the, the questions we encourage people to ask in order to define their meeting goal are number one, what do I want the other person to say or to do by the end of the meeting? And clearly that is that is absolutely concrete. Either the other person will say or do that or they won't. You will leave the meeting knowing exactly where you are. The alternative is what what do I want the meeting with the other person or people to produce in terms of a plan, a strategy, an agreement, a definition, a roadmap, um, any any of those things? And again, either it will produce that or or it won't. You will uh, with with either of those two definitions, you will leave the meeting knowing exactly where you are in terms of your goal. Both of them are one hundred percent measurable, observable by the end of the meeting. Okay, so so let's say we've understood our goal. Is it is it? Do we say that right at the start of our meeting? Uh, you do, you do, and there are there are a number of reasons for that, um, and I can, there are three reasons for that: Good. results, relationships, rapidly achieved. Um, I think I've all, I've already covered results. If you, um, as I said, if you don't define the the finished product before the meeting, it's very unlikely you're going to produce it. Or, and produce it quickly. But I think there's also a, an important um, element around the relationship. At the beginning of a meeting, there are, there are broadly two possibilities. Possibility one is the other person knows exactly what you want from them. Yep. But un until you've said it, and that's, that's the case in a sales meeting, for example, until you've said it, then the other person knows what you want, but you haven't bothered to acknowledge it, and therefore they're going to be suspicious and distrustful of you. Because... Yeah. Everybody knows what you want, but you haven't bothered to say so. The second option is they don't know what you want, but they know you want something, otherwise you wouldn't be there. And and therefore, until you've defined what that something is, they're going to be wary and on their guard in case it turns out to be something they don't want to give you. And in case, because they probably imagine, if you haven't said what you want, that you're, they're going to be on the receiving end of an attempt to kind of manipulate them into giving them uh, something you don't want to give them. And therefore, for the, for those two reasons, or in in you know in both those cases, the meeting will start to produce trust and respect and confidence and all of those things from the moment you define exactly what it is that you want from the other person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, then, I see that. Then everybody can relax. So, let's say we're in a sales meeting and um, someone got in touch with us at Flow Plus and said, "I'd like to have a meeting to do." discuss working with you or whatnot we set up the meeting uh -huh. and you think um it's best to go straight in to say well the objective of this meeting is for us to create a relationship with you and work with you in the future or or how would you say it without sounding almost coming across rude or 
Well, um, actually, let, let, that, that's a very good point. Let's let's back up a, a second. First of all, everything we do is based on a is based on a simple premise, and the 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 premise is that um, if you if you know if you if you want to have a successful meeting, you get get results and and improve relationships relationships etc it's probably a good idea to speak to other people in the way they prefer to be spoken to yeah yeah and and it turns out that that's actually pretty universal um we 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 have asked about 150,000 people over the last 30 years how they prefer to be spoken to and we always get the same results whether um, whatever the nationality, whatever the culture, whatever the age, gender, management level, industry, function, etc. And the the answers are these. People like to be spoken to in a way that's clear, direct, straight to the point, precise, concise, concrete, all of yeah. those things, as long as it's also polite, courteous, respectful, warm, empathetic, etc. And And the difficulty is that actually people find that very hard to do, to, to do those two things at once. It seems people, like they're kind of opposite sides of a, of a conversation, right? You can either be they, direct or you can be polite. Well, they do seem like that. But in fact, uh, I mean, if you, if, if you think about it, you can't, really be, um, you can't really be respectful if you're not being direct. Uh, so they're not as opposed as they may, as they may seem. But, but generally, people feel condemned to making a choice. They tell themselves, "I can either, you know, put the put the accent on getting the result I want, and I can aim to be clear, direct, straight to the point, concise, concrete, all of those kind of things." But I, I take a very real risk of coming over as brutal, abrupt, uh, curt, uh, those kind of things. Or alternatively, people say. Um, they put the accent on the relationship and they say, I need to try to be polite and courteous and friendly and respectful and empathetic and all of those kind of things. But again, they take a significant risk and that is of beating around the bush, going all around the houses and lacking impact and focus. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and all that we do is we help people to square that circle so that whatever the context, whatever the relationship, they can consistently be clear, direct, and straight to the point, as well as being polite, courteous, and respectful. Because if you if you can marry those two things, then clearly you can you can just you can get things done more quickly, you can get to the yeah, point absolutely. more quickly, but without um, without compromising the relationship. And you and you earn more more respect and, and, and more confidence. Um, so that brings me back to your your question, Lewis, about you know how do you how do you put your goal on the table without being brutal? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take. I'll, let me take a, 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 a simple example. Um, it's it's a bit of a different one, but I, we can come back to your example. But let me take a, an example that I, I have in my head at the moment. Um, let's let's imagine that um, you've had a number of new business meetings with a potential client, and you know things things are looking good. Things you they seem to be getting on track for uh, for you working together. But in the last you know four or five meetings, you've had endless discussions about the about the contract about the terms and conditions about the about the you know the the hourly rates uh, all of that kind of stuff and it's been going back and forward and, and each time 
you know, you you've made concessions to the uh, yeah. to the client, and you know you you had a you had a last meet, meeting a week ago, and again you know more problems came up, and you 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 made some more concessions, and now you've got you know a fifth meeting or a sixth meeting, and you're beginning to tell yourself. I want this bloody contract signed. <laughs> I want to. <Yep. laughs> I want to come out of this meeting with a signed contract. So, you know, your 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 goal for the meeting, um, you know, well, first of all, the goal you tell yourself is I want to get the contract signed, and then you ask yourself, how can I how can I say that to the uh, to the prospect? Because you know what you want to say to the prospect is, I want to leave the meeting today with a signed contract. Now, clearly, if you go into the meeting. And you say, "Hi, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm here today in the hope of leaving with a signed contract." <laughs> you you've ticked all the you know clear, direct, straight to the point boxes, but you're probably missing a bit when it comes to the you know polite, courteous, respectful, uh, etc. Et probably wouldn't um, go down too well. Yeah, the, the I think the the reaction of the other people is more likely to be, "Go, oh, well, wait a yeah, minute, yeah, you know, exactly. you, yeah. slow down, guys, slow down." <laughs> But I think you can say that very quickly if you if you preface it with some other stuff. So, for example, I could imagine going into that kind of meeting, and let's say, um, Faz, that you're the uh, you're, you're you're the client who's having trouble getting their pen out to uh, to, to sign. I, th- I think I, I could say something along the lines of, um, Faz, I'm I'm conscious coming into our meeting today that. I've set myself an ambitious goal, but I would rather take the risk of being too bold than the risk of being too timid. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna try it out. I've I've thought about all of the discussions we've been having over the last few weeks. I've thought about the the requests you've made. I've thought about the concessions that we've been able to uh, to, to 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 accommodate you with. I thought in particular about our, our last meeting and you know some some final requests you made and, and and how we how we reacted to that and I can I can remind you of all those steps if necessary but but on that basis I feel legitimate at the start of this meeting in in hoping that that I will finish the meeting with with you having signed the contract how did, how how does how does that sound as a as a goal for our discussion this morning Okay, that's interesting. So it's it's the same goal, but you've just just prefaced it with with um with some extra stuff. So is there is there some structure to the things you were saying beforehand as well? Uh, there is, yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, and in, and indeed, the you know what's important here is the structure, not the script. Uh, okay, yeah. You know, I I never you know we 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 never say that this is a script because because how you speak is different from how how I speak how you feel is different how I feel etc but there's a, there's a structure it did sound and, it, it didn't sound as dire- anywhere near as direct as as, as the first bit oh, no, but yeah. is nowhere near as direct so so I do very came across um with a lot of empathy I felt like I should help you Great, sign well, the contract. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this was a roundabout way of me uh, of me getting you to sign a contract. But, um, yeah, what I, what I, what what I did before um, delivering my very direct, straight to the point goal was first of all I said how I felt about announcing that goal, which is you know I'm conscious it's ambitious, but 
you know, I, I, I'd rather be bold than timid, or whatever. Okay, yeah. I, I said exactly how I felt about announcing that objective, and then, and then the second thing I did was I, I, I talked about what I'd what I'd thought about, what I'd brought into the meeting, that I was ready to share with the other people, and that's kind of you know the things that, the things that I've done that make it reasonable for me to suppose, I can achieve my objective, but but without any detail. I've just said, you know, I've I've got that. I've brought it with me. I've got it in my head, and I'm ready to share it during the meeting if necessary. But you know, no no arguments, no details, not nothing the other person can potentially disagree with. Okay, yeah. I've I just see. said, you know, I can I can remind you of the previous meetings, the concessions we've made, etc. And I think what what the um, what my state of mind does is it makes me comfortable to announce an ambitious objective. And what the, the what I did to prepare a bit, I think that it's kind of what it what, it makes it very difficult for the other person to um, to say or, or or to want to say what the hell makes you think I'm going to do that. Okay. Because because I've, I've explained what I think's going to make them want to do that. It's because you know I brought along these arguments. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through them. Obviously, you have a choice, but I'm hoping once we've had that discussion, once we've looked at those things. I'm hoping you'll feel able to to sign the contract. Okay, I see. So, so the feelings bit at the start. So, how you feel about the meeting is is essentially to 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 make me feel that empathy that I was feeling there. So that's what that does. It kind of openly. We're talking about being honest before. You're being honest about your feelings. It makes me feel quite open to to receiving what what your goal is. Yeah, is I, that the I idea? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it it does it does a number of things. First of all, as I said. It, it makes it comfortable for me to announce an ambitious objective. If I hadn't said that, I wouldn't have been able to say at the beginning of the meeting, I want you to sign the contract. And I would therefore have, you know, I'd have, I'd have announced probably a less truthful and less ambitious objective along the lines, you know, I want us to discuss the contract, which is, which is not what I want. <laughs> um, so it makes it comfortable for me to be very direct in my objective. And then exactly as you say, it creates empathy. It, you know, it presents me as a as a human being with you know feelings and emotions, and it's you know it's it's much easier to develop a successful relationship with somebody who's presenting themselves as a human being. Absolutely. And then I think the third thing it does, and, and these are obviously all related, but the third thing it does is it, if if you open the meeting, um, in a spirit of openness and transparency, um, it's likely that you will. Kind of inform the whole meeting with that spirit of openness and transparency. Yeah, of human course that human sense. behavior is is contagious. Yeah, if if you're clear, direct, straight to the point, polite, courteous, respectful, etc., you give yourself the best chance that the other person will um, react in a in a in a similar manner. I suppose as yeah, well, almost more. by by just saying the the goal straight away, it actually puts the other person almost at ease because they know where the conversation's going and what the outcome is. Otherwise, it's like you said yeah. before, otherwise you don't know what you're really trying to get to. So you always feel a bit uneasy about the, the meeting that you're having. So, yeah, no, I think yeah. it's a really effective way to start. I think, I think you know, w w without that, there's always going to be a suspicion on the part of the other person that, that they're going to be on the receiving end of, a, of an attempt to manipulate them. Because unfortunately... Manipulation is very is very common in in business, 
Um, I think, you know, so, sometimes conscious manipulation, uh, often because people have been taught to do that. And, and I think there are, there are unfortunately, sales courses that kind of teach you how to manipulate the yeah. other person into, uh, into signing a contract. Um, but, but probably more often unconscious manipulation, which, which is more forgivable. Um, and, and people, you know, manipulate others unconsciously because, because they're just worried that if they, if they say what they really want, they're going to scare the other person off. So they have to kind of um, approach it by a circuitous route. But, 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 but actually, if you, you know, if you, if you follow some of the principles that I've just outlined, you, 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 you can be very clear about what you want, and, and therefore you don't, without scaring the other person off, and therefore you don't have to manipulate them. And, you know, once, once, once you've announced your goal, and the other person has given you permission to have a meeting in pursuit of that goal, which which I think, you know, if you get that within a minute of the start of the meeting, you've done 50% of the hard work. Yeah, that's you, true. Very true. You're not there yet, but you've agreed on the destination. You've planted and now you're both wor- working towards the same way, towards the same destination. You both yeah, know you're working towards that destination. There's, there's, there's clearly, you know, some negotiation to be, uh, to be, to be done, but you can, you can ensure that all of the energy in the meeting goes into achieving that goal. And, you know, if it if if it starts going off at a tangent at any point, you can say that you know all that's super interesting. I'd love to discuss that another time, but the goal we agreed for today's meeting yeah, exactly. was 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 this. I was just thinking, oh, this could be quite a negative sort of mindset to have, but you could say it's a good way to open as well because if the person you're speaking to then decides, well, actually, this isn't the goal that I want or the end that I want. They can actually say it straight away, and then at least you're not wasting your time with them. I think, Lewis, that's an excellent point, and and uh, and you you made it for me before I could. <laughs> um, yeah, whilst whilst I whilst I like to think that that what I and my colleagues at Interactive do primarily is is to help people succeed faster, we also help people to fail faster, uh, because as you said, if you're going to fail, you might as well fail after two minutes yeah exactly and you know leave leave the room spend the rest of your day more productively doing something else and crucially with the relationship intact whereas if if you leave empty-handed after two hours you you've spent two hours kind of banging on the table and you know insisting and jabbing your finger and all of that you're still you're still empty-handed but you're exhausted you've wasted two hours of your life and and you probably made it very unlikely that you'll ever uh, get back in to to see that person. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. It, it it gives the other person, um, you know, the opportunity to take a position straight away. That you know that that's you know we can't do that. But I think another opportunity that's presented by the uh, uh, by the structure is that you know what I did to prepare bit that you've mentioned. I think it, you know if the other person says, well, you know that's not going to happen. I think you have an opportunity to say, well, obviously I'm disappointed to hear that, but you know, what would you think of at least allowing me to take you through my, you know, what I've prepared before you take such a firm position? Yeah, and because you've say, already they, mentioned it, they already know there's something to be listened to. Yeah, I mean, they may still say, well, you know, you can have the best arguments on the planet, but I'm still not doing it. Then, yeah. 
you know, shake hands and get out of there and, you know, ho ho hopefully come back at a later date uh, more successfully. Okay, so we've, we've, that's the start of the meeting. Um, and let's say we go in now with the perfect start. We, we talk about how we feel and we talk about what we prepared and then the goal. And they give us permission to carry on. What about the rest of the meeting? How do we make the rest of the meeting more productive? What are the um, main, main principles? By, by, um, by listening effectively and by responding in a way that um, keeps you on track uh, towards getting what you want out of the meeting as quickly as possible and whilst earning trust and respect. Um, and Okay, so um, let's start with the listening. What does listening effectively yeah. mean? Sorry, what does what what does listening effectively mean? Well, um, for us, listening is a it's a two stage process. Uh, it involves first of all listening to the other person, obviously. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, I think there are there are you know there are many courses on listening, um, many of which involve stuff like you know leaning forward, looking the other person in the eyes. Nodding yep. your head, making a uh hurt -huh noises, uh, uh -huh. that kind of stuff. All, all of which, in my view, it's it's very effective advice on how to look as if you're listening. Yeah, yeah true. But, yep. okay. but it, but it, but it has no impact on your ability to actually listen. You think you're listening, but but you're you're still probably victim to those two things that I mentioned earlier, either only remembering either the last thing the other person said or the thing that had the most emotional impact on you. Or alternatively, of using the time when the other person is speaking to think about your response. So, you know, we, we, uh, what we recommend is, is both simple and, uh, and, and not quite so simple. It takes a bit of practice. But, but to, to impose the discipline on yourself of, of writing down as much, of you as much as you can of what the other person says. Um, you, you'll probably ne never be able to write down everything, but you know if, if 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 the other person says six things and you manage to capture capture three of them, then you've still got more raw material to work with than than if you than if you capture none. Um, and then and then the second part of listening, and and I think this really is a a um, a step that that most people ignore, but which is crucial. Before opening your mouth. Listen to what's happening in your head. What's the impact in, on me of, of what I've heard? Okay. What's, what's happening in my head um, as a result of, of what's been said? And, and, and the way that it's been said, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a package. And, um, and, then, and then we have, we have some, some simple ideas uh, for people as to how you know, whatever, whatever, whatever is said, you can you can respond in a way that is productive and which will help things to move on. And as I gave you an example of starting a meeting, I'll give you an example of uh, of listening in a meeting. Brilliant! Yes, that's exactly okay. what we want. <laughs> well, let let's say um, let's say that I'm one of your prospective clients, and you you've um, you've given us a proposal. Uh, as to you know how 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 you're going to do a consulting project um, on my in my factory and you know you give a, 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 a detailed proposal, um, 
you know, let, let's say that obviously in real life you'd probably prefer to take me through this, um, you know, face to face, but that hasn't been possible. And I've, you know, I've said I'm very busy. Send me the proposal. I'll look at it. Get back to you. You're probably reluctant to do that, but in the end, it's the only solution. So you send me the proposal and wait for me to get back. And I do get back to you. And I invite you to come and see me or, or perhaps to have a chat over, over, over Teams. And let's say the meeting starts um, along these lines. I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll work with Lewis. And I say, um, Lewis, uh, it's a very interesting proposal. But at least at first glance, what you're proposing seems a little bit overscaled for our needs. And in any case, um, all our budgets are frozen until the end of the year. Okay. How are you going to react to that? Uh, I'd probably say, do, do you mind going into more detail of why you think it's overscaled so that we can help talk you through it, so we can sort of relieve your, the doubts that you have? Sure. And that's, a, and that's a, a, an instinctive question to, uh, to ask. You know, we've, we've, we've all been taught the, the approach to problem solving is, first of all, to understand the, uh, the, the, the problem. And, and only then can you start working on the solution. But let's let, let's back up. And first of all, I have I have bad news for you, Lewis, which is I never said it was overscaled. Okay. You've 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 asked me to tell you why I think it's overscaled, but I didn't say it was overscaled. What did you say? I said, I said at first glance, it appears to be a little bit overscaled. Okay. Which okay. is which which is which is not the same as it's overscaled. Okay? And 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 again, I think in listening to me, you you picked up what had the most impact on you. You were listening you were pretending to listen to me. <laughs> you you were you were applying a filter and looking for the key you know, words. The, the, the key things, the keywords and the keywords overscaled. Okay, that's what I react to. Why is it overscaled? Um and I'll, let me say two things about that. First of all, if what you hear is it's overscaled, or if, if what I say is it's overscaled without any ambiguity, and you know clearly I imagine that what's behind the question, why is it overscaled, is because you want to work with me and you want to find a solution. Exactly. To close the gap. Yep. And, and, and in order to do that, you first ask me why it's overscaled. And, you know, by the time I've finished explaining to you why it's overscaled, I'm likely to be more entrenched in my position. Uh, you've, you've kind of helped me paint myself into a corner, whereby the more I argue against your proposal, the more difficult it's going to be for me to go into reverse gear. As in you're convincing yourself as you speak that you, of what you well, are believing. You're kind of uh, giving uh, your yeah, argument. Part, part, partly that, but... but also, um, you know, psychologically, and I, I don't like using that word because you know we're not psychologists, or whatever, <laughs> but 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 psychologically, I think it's just going to be much more difficult for me to say, you know, what you're right, I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. You know, it's not overscaled because I've just spent five minutes giving you all my arguments, and I think you know the the, the logic you're following is 
in order to find a solution, I need to understand why it's overscaled. And once I've understood why it's overscaled, then I can um, I can give suggestions as to how we overcome those uh, those obstacles. But so if you want to overcome the ob the obstacles, why not just go straight there? Okay, what what would I need to do in order to close the gap between the the, the kind of scaling of our of our proposal and and your needs? And that's you know that's that that's not going to change the underlying problem. If if there's a gap, there's still a gap. Nothing's changed. But but I think what will change is the nature of the conversation you have. Yeah, absolutely. Because rather than me explaining why it's overscaled, yes. I'm going to be explaining, you know, what you need to do to make sure it's not overscaled. And that's going to be a much more um, productive conversation. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a, it's a lot more positive as a conversation. We're talking about solutions immediately instead of going through the problems and then jumping onto the solutions. We've just immediately gone to the solutions. Yeah, I've 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 actually I'll send you the link. I've actually got a I've got an article that's coming out on the um on the HBR website um ne next week about the power of asking how rather than asking why or or why not. Um but anyway, going going back to Lewis Lewis's um failure to listen to me <laughs> adequately. <laughs> um I think there's also lots of stuff you can do with at first glance, it appears to be a little bit overscaled. There's, there's also something else. What did, what did I start by saying? Uh, that you've had a what chance did, did, to look over the proposal. Uh, well, I said, I said, I talked about having a first glance. Yeah. What, what did I say? In, I think you found what, it interesting what, or something. I did. I did. But because of the way that I kind of constructed my sentence, I said, it's a very interesting proposal. Um, but at least at first glance, it appears to be a little bit overscaled, and officially all our budgets are frozen until the end of the year. And the risk, if you're not writing stuff down, is that the only things you will retain and react to are overscaled, budgets are frozen. Yeah. Whereas if you you know if you are taking some notes, you can you can say well first of all, you know clearly there are there are still some issues to resolve, but first of all. I'm really happy to hear that you found the proposal very interesting, and 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 possibly you might say, and you know, I'm I, I I'd like first of all to explore what in particular interested you, for example, um, and then uh, a little bit overscaled. This you know this may be this may be just puffery. These may be full, filler words. What I mean is you know get out of here. Uh, I'm not going to work with you. However, first of all, I've invited you to a meeting. I mean that that that's a good sign in itself. Yep. Yeah. And 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 again, you could you could say, well, clearly there are some issues to be resolved, but the fact that you've invited me to a meeting today makes me hopeful that you're you're willing to work with us on resolving those issues. For example, um and then uh, uh, a little bit overscaled. Um, there are there are there are kind of three things you can do with that. Broadly, okay. First of all, you can decide that that's ambiguous. What does that mean? And in order to find out what it means, you can just ask me. 
what what exactly do you mean by a little bit overscaled? But but note, I'm asking you about the little bit, not the overscaled. Yeah. I don't want to know what you mean by overscaled because I kind of know. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's not going to be helpful. But what what is interesting for me is a little bit overscaled. Yeah, because it could be one small issue, or it could be completely, completely overscaled. So I guess you don't actually know the answer to that question until you ask. Exactly. Um, so that, that's that's one thing you could do with it. Another thing you could do with it would be to say, well, you know, when I when I hear you say a little bit overscaled, again, you know, there are clearly some issues to be resolved, but 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 a little bit suggests to me that that actually the gap isn't that big. How do you how do you how do you react to that? And again, that will that will give the um, the other person the op- the opportunity to kind of position themselves relative to what you've said. I've I've said it sounds to me as if the gap isn't that big, and and they may say, well, actually, it's pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was yeah I was using British understatement when I said <laughs> a little bit uh, a little bit overscale. Or alternatively, they say, well, yes, you're right. The 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 gap is is bridgeable. But I guess either way, from that answer, you've got a more direct conversation happening, which is what we want, right? Yeah, you're you're giving your interpretation, and you're inviting the other person to confirm or correct, and you're absolutely entitled to be wrong, but as long as you get it out there, then the, the, there's the opportunity to clear things up and find out what what's really happening. And the 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 third um, uh, the third option. Is is just to to go straight for the solution, as I, I I think we've already suggested. So, okay, I've heard you said it's a it's a it's a little bit overscaled. What what would I need to do to close the gap between the proposal and and your needs? And you know, ra- rather than um, you know, rather than the the prospect then saying, well. You know, you've got far too many man days in there. I couldn't possibly afford that. Um, so, well, you know, we we need to look at reducing the number of man days. Okay, so, so it's a, it's essentially the same content, but just said in a different way now, in a more productive well, way, I guess. It, 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 exactly. Um, but but I, I I genuinely think there's a difference in the in the tenor of the conversation when you're talking about a positive future. Yeah, exactly. Rather than when you're talking about a a negative past. Absolutely, and I guess I guess either way, you'd still get to the to the root cause of the problem because the gaps are going to be caused by the problem. So it's not like you're going to miss information out. The 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 curiosity which leads you to ask the question why will yeah. be one hundred percent addressed by asking the question how. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah exactly. You will you will you will know what the problem is, but more importantly, you'll know what the solution is. Okay, so in that case, when you were saying it, if I was, as, as you said before, I should be writing things down. So does that mean I should be writing almost like a dictation of word for word what you're saying? Or Because if I, if I was actually writing down what you said, the only word I probably would have written down is overscaled. Well, exactly. That's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, most people take notes at meetings, but... Um, the the note the notes you take generally are to record the meeting, and and to write the minutes. Uh, whereas what what we suggest is you you you're taking notes to use during the meeting as a as an aid to listening. 
Okay. Um, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting that you you bury your nose in your notebook because eye contact is clearly important for the uh, for the relationship for building trust trust that kind of stuff. But but in my view, eye contact is so powerful that you only need to deploy it in small doses. You know, okay. a small dose will do. So you can you can you can alternate. Eye contact is difficult on a computer because you have to remember not to look at people's eyes. <laughs> yeah, you have to look at the, the, uh, the camera. The camera. So, um, you you can you can alternate between you know taking taking notes and and looking up and then and then looking down again. And I think we can all write you know one word without looking at the uh, looking at the page. But but you know clearly you you can't you can't take notes in every meeting. You have conversations in the corridor by the coffee machine that kind of stuff. Um, but you you will you will find that if you have been taking notes when you can, then when you can't, your your listening will nevertheless have radically improved. Yeah, I, I think as, as you as you consciously listen out for things over time, you you it'll, it'll just kind of become second nature where where you listen out for words beforehand and make sure you're listening to every part of the sentence and. I think it's just at the moment for all of us, it will just be second nature to try and work out what you're talking about and not how you've said it or exactly the words you've used. It's just what is the overall theme. As soon as I pick up what the overall theme in, in, in the conversation is, I kind of stop paying attention and start thinking about how I'm going to respond. Yeah. And and I think it's from what we've just talked spoken about here, if you if you get used to listening fully word for word what they're saying and understanding word for word what they're saying and then responding, that that would be a much more powerful and productive way of actually actually listening. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, for example, I, I find my my listening has radically changed. You know, n- nowadays if I, um, if if I run a seminar and I ask somebody at the end how they what they thought about it, and they say, yeah, it was quite good. You know, I I immediately, you know, the, I immediately pick up the impact on me, and and I and I and I address that. Well, you know, I'm 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 worried to hear quite good. <laughs> um, you know, it sounds to me as if I didn't exactly blow you away. How do you how do you react to that? Or you know, what do you, what do you mean by quite good? Or you know, what do I need to do when we come back tomorrow to to move beyond quite good to to great? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, okay, so we've covered we've covered quite a lot here. Um, I've pretty much given you a seminar. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we had to just summarize, I'll send I'll send the bill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send we'll pass it on to all our listeners as well. <laughs> um, so, if we just had to summarise a few key points on 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 being productive in the meeting, let's say three key points of of things that we can start doing immediately, and our listeners can start doing immediately, um, except from buy a book that doesn't count as one. Um, change change the way you think of meeting goals, um, and you know a really a really simple switch, which I think will help people to uh, well help 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 anyone to. To, to really focus on what they actually want to produce from a meeting is, is, is to stop thinking, my goal is two, which is kind of the, the default we all have. My objective is two. But as soon as you say my objective is two, your, what follows that is likely to be processed rather than result. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, my my goal is to review progress. My goal we'll is to discuss, yeah. take you through something, etc. All of which is process. Or alternatively, you, you may not often say this, but but 
you know, my my objective is to might lead you to something along the lines of, you know, my goal is to convince you about, you know, the uh, the excellence of our proposal, or, um, you know, my 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 goal is to, you know, get you to buy our product, which is, you know, something you're doing to the other person, and I would much rather that people think of their goals. My goal is that. Yeah. Okay. My goal is that. My goal is that you say something, do something. My goal is that we produce something together. Okay. So and my goal is that instead of my goal is to. Yeah. My, yeah. My my rather than you know my goal is to get you to sign the uh, the contract or uh, my goal is to discuss the contract. <laughs> My, yeah. my goal is simply that by the end of the meeting, you feel able to sign the contract. Okay, yeah, I see that. Uh, so that's number one. That's number one. Um, number number two. Number two, um, don't be afraid of saying how you feel. We've we've all been taught since uh, you know we we arrived at our first job, uh, wet behind the ears, that. Emotions have no place um, in the office. Yeah, you know, l- leave your emotions at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and that is, in my view, poor advice for two reasons. First of all, it's impossible. You know, yeah, you, you know, we if, can pretend, you, but you can't actually do it. Yeah, you know, if you, if you if you spend you know all week staying up till two o'clock in the morning working on a working on a proposal for a client, and then you're told you haven't won the business, there's going to be some emotions. Yeah, of course. Uh, and secondly, it's you know it's counterproductive to uh, to pretend not to have any emotions because if you pretend not to have any emotions, there are two possibilities: either you do a great job, and whatever anybody says to you, you're like an Easter Island statue, not <laughs> a no, you know no trace, no flicker <laughs> yeah. of emotion, and you know all all business, all human life is about relationships, and you can't have a successful relationship with somebody who whatever you say to them, you don't get a flicker of emotion from it you might as well work with a robot yeah. or you know yeah. an, an artificial intelligence whatever the second possibility is is you don't do such a great job of uh, disguising your emotions and so they're writ all over your face you know it's it's really evident that there's kind of all sorts of emotional turmoil going on in your head but you're saying you're saying something completely different okay yeah. okay okay i understand thank you for your feedback yeah um <laughs> and when there's inconsistency between what's happening on your face and what's coming out of your mouth, it's it's quite difficult to trust that person because they're you know, they're clearly not saying what's really going on in their head. Yes, yeah, so this is going back to being direct and and yeah. respectful. We're not being direct if you're if you're not if you're lying to them about how you feel. Yeah, and and you know unless you're Meryl Streep or you know Daniel Day Lewis and you've won <laughs> multiple Oscars. You're going to find it much easier to take control of what's coming out of your mouth than of what's happening on your yeah, face. True, very true. And therefore, if you want to be consistent between the two, then say what, say how you feel. And I think the, you know, clearly uh, being accused of being emotional is uh, is not a compliment. Um, and and you know you don't you don't want to be accused of being emotional, but. What, what's behind uh, the word emotional? What, is, what does that mean? I, I think that when somebody is being accused of being emotional, it's because they are they're showing their emotions implicitly by their behaviour, 
by you know slamming the door, shouting, yeah. banging on the table, bursting into tears, going bright red, that kind of stuff, rather than expressing their emotions explicitly. Yeah, you know, you'd what? almost consider someone who did that quite mature if they could openly talk about their feelings in a meeting. You'd, yeah. you'd just, you'd... Exa- exactly. I think you can, you can, you know, emotions are a fact, and you can either suffer under the weight and kind of show your emotional turmo- turmoil implicitly, or you can kind of harness harness your emotions as a as a as a source of strength and state explicitly how you're how you're how you're feeling, and you know, in in terms of making difficult requests, that kind of stuff. If you if you say how you feel about something, you know, asking for a pay rise, a promotion, um, you know, giving bad news, etc. If you say how you feel about that, you can you can you can pretty much say anyone anything to anyone, I think. Um uh okay, so there's yeah. a couple and the one 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 last one. Um there's a there's a there's a quote that I really like from George Bernard Shaw, who said the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Okay. We we uh, we all think that because we've said something to somebody, we have communicated. But but we've only communicated when the other person has confirmed that they've understood what we've said and that they know what to do with it. Okay, absolutely. So so when you say something to somebody, you know, when somebody asks you a question and you give them an answer, for example, you know, ask them what they think of your answer. When when I'm when I'm talking to a, a prospective client and they say, So how much does all this cost? You know, perfectly normal question, and I give them an answer, I see them writing it down, I you know, I I can't then move on. I you know, it's something in my head to I, I need to know how they react to that. Yeah. And in order to know how they react to it, I just ask them. So you know how how's that landed? How does how does that sound to you? What what do you think of the answer you've just heard? Because you need to know. Um, but uh, but uh, unfortunately, most people don't answer, don't ask that. And asking that not only will give you very valuable information, but it will also stop you talking so much. And I feel that's a bit ironic because I've talked an awful lot <laughs> so far, but, <laughs> but but I've been invited to do so, and yeah. it's a podcast, so I can't. You know, ask the listeners what they think. But, <laughs> but I think I think I might have said this earlier. Um, we're frightened of silence, so we keep on talking. Absolutely. And expressing yourself one idea at a time, inviting the other person to respond to that, to say what they feel about what you've just said, will will it'll shut you up. Because you know, then if there's a silence, it, it's not your problem. You've you clearly indicated that that you want the other person to uh, to respond, and and you will you will find yourself having dialogues. I um, there's something like something I've I've started doing in online seminars, um, which is when when we when we do an when we do an exercise. Sometimes I I do a transcript of of what's been said, and I put everything the the participant doing the exercise said. I I sort of highlighted in green. And everything I said, I highlight in blue, and then, and then I just I put it up on the screen, really small, so all you can see is the colours. You can't read the words. And every time, the you know, eighty percent of the piece of paper is 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 green, and you know, only ten twenty percent is blue. In other words, the person you know doing the exercise in a sales meeting, in a in a management meeting, or whatever, they do eighty percent of the talking. 
And that's far too much. Because what will help you get what you want from a meeting or conversation, it's what the other person says, much more than what you say. So give them a chance. So so, so the way to go... It should be sorry, sort of 50-50, or it should actually be more yeah. towards 60-40 their yeah. side, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. And the way um, to do that is one idea at a time and then and then ask how, how they feel or ask for their opinion on it. Yep. And um another way to do it is is to take positions before you give arguments. Uh we we've all been sort of taught to think in a in a deductive, logical fashion. So we you know, if somebody if somebody says something, you know, that's that idea is unworkable. Yeah, but, you know, I've looked at it like this. Have you considered this? And I've done the calculations and, you know, I've talked to so-and-so, uh, etc. And I go through all my arguments. Um, and the more I go through my arguments, the more desperate and defensive I look. I'm justifying myself. Whereas I'm going to make much more impact. I'm going to have much more authority if, if I take a clear position. I disagree. For me, this plan is thoroughly workable. And I'm very happy to spend a few minutes explaining why that's the case. How do you feel about that? Okay, go ahead. Here's the first thing. And and, and off I go. Okay, but I see. I've greatly increased my authority by giving my position rather than going straight into my arguments. And and again it's it's helped me talk less. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, I think that's that's a that's a good place for us to for us to end. Thank you so much for for, for coming on onto our podcast, Alan. This has been this has been really interesting, and I'm and I'm um, following your work quite closely from from, from now on. Uh, I'm very uh, I'm very glad to hear it. Um, so uh, for uh, our uh, listeners, I think I think there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of synergy between lean manufacturing and and lean meetings. Absolutely. Yeah. If if we can if we can increase productivity of meetings, I mean, it's something that's universal across all businesses, whether you're in manufacturing or whether you're um, uh, running a law firm. Everyone's got meetings and in, in their offices. So so it is it is a a place where improvements can surely be made. Um, and and I, 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 I think I think work. it's an area which most people are frustrated about. I think it, absolutely there are many many surveys would say, "What's your number one frustration?" Meetings definitely. Uh, Okay, so for our listeners, um, firstly, where can they buy your book? And then could you also tell us a little bit about your training courses? Uh, sure. Thank you, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, um, the, the, the book can be acquired uh, on, uh, on Amazon, but other, other sites are available. And if you don't want to contribute towards Jeff Bezos becoming the world's first trillionaire, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are lots of other book you know, online bookstores that, that, that sell it. It's called it's called Talk Lean, Shorter Meetings, Quicker Results, Better Relations, and uh, it's by somebody called Alan H. Palmer, um, simply to distinguish him from the other about a thousand Alan Palmers who there are currently <laughs> on, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, in, ter- in, terms of, uh, in terms of our training courses, we, we work mostly in-house with, uh, with, with, with companies large and large and small um, uh, are obviously over the last 18 months we've we've been working pretty much exclusively online we're starting to move back offline but online has been so successful that it's it's always going to be from now on a, a major part of our 
offer. It's it's allowed us, for example, to um, you know to reach parts of the world that we wouldn't have been able to reach uh, previously if we'd had to travel there. Um, we also we also run open enrollment courses, um, which we do five or six times a year. Uh, when when we're working offline, we work with groups uh, up to eight people. Okay. Uh, but when we're working online, we have shorter sessions because people people's ability to concentrate online is 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 lower. And in order to compensate that, we have smaller groups. We work with groups of, of four people. Amazing! That all sounds all sounds great. Me and Lewis will be on your next course. <laughs> Uh, with, uh, with with pleasure. <laughs> details uh, details are on our on our.